0: Romans chapter (coughs) 6, title of the message tonight is United Together, and before we get into verse uh, 1 of chapter 6, let's just go back to verse 19 of the previous chapter, because it's been about a month since we've been in Romans, and this will lead us right into verse 1 of chapter 6. So chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness, to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who died to sin, live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us, as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace." Lord, just pray right now that you would just breathe life into your words once again. And we just ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. In the first five chapters of Romans, one of the things that we've been looking at is God's justification of the human race, that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But through the sacrificial death, of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary a couple thousand years ago, and you receive in Him as your Lord and Savior, you have been justified. Simply means it's just as if you've never sinned. Just as if you've never sinned. Now when we come to chapter 6, one of the areas we're going to get into is your sanctification. Justification is your position in God's eyes. Think about that. It's so hard for us to look at each other or ourselves and realize that we are people that God looks at as if we've never sinned. Well, that's our position. Now, the practicality of it comes out in chapter 6, where we start looking at sanctification. You and I being set apart for God and for what He wants to do in your life and my life. Verses one and two, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You and I have been called to liberty, the scriptures say. That once we received Christ, we were freed from our connection and being united to our sin nature. Think about that. The liberty we have in Christ is a result of what he did on the cross no longer having to do what our sin nature calls us to do. We have that liberty and freedom. Now, how many of us fall back into an enslavement to sin, even though we have that liberty to be free? I know many times in my walk with the Lord, especially in my first 10 or 15 years after being a believer in Christ, how many times I just went back and forth from the new nature which God uh, won for me at the cross to my old nature. And I was like a ping-pong ball, just going back and forth, not having the power or not realizing that I was free to just walk away from the very sin that I've been enslaved in for so long. Do we use our liberty that God has given us in an inappropriate way? Sure, we can do things, and we're free to go here and there, but are the very things that we choose things that might enslave us again? It's a very important question. We just had the um, Oscars this past week, and there were nine nominated movies for the Oscars. In those movies, there were seven nude scenes in the different uh, films. The name of Jesus was abused 20 times. The name of God was abused 67 times. There were 12 um, cases of adultery in the films. The F word was used 148 times. And the S word was used 53 times. And these were in the top movies that were nominated. Now, we have you and I have the freedom to go to see these movies. But the question I have is how, to, how do we water down our beliefs? How do we disrespect the name of the Lord when we go and hear the name of the Lord abused in the movies or on a record or a tape? I was thinking, being a physical education teacher, how many times I hear God's name misused in a school during the course of a day or in the locker room. And I think of, why do they abuse? Why is it always Jesus' name? And of course, we know it's a, a spiritual warfare. It's a supernatural thing that's going on. You're supernatural beings, everyone out here. Everybody's been created as a supernatural being. But they do not have a respect for the word of God, so why should they have respect for words? And as we look at these things here in Romans, one of the things, remember the title is United Together. What do we unite ourselves with or who do we unite ourselves with? In verse 2, it says, Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin... Live any longer in it. You have God's love letters with you right now. You have His precepts. He tells us how we are to do things, He tells us how we're to act. He's transforming us by the renewing of our mind. Hollywood, uh, the culture that we lived in or we live in, just the world itself is trying to mold our minds into a mindset that is contrary, for the most part, to the things of God. But how do we know that? How will we ever come to that realization unless we put our face in the book? Unless we know what his word says, how do we know there's anything different out there? And as we know, he sheds light on the very darkness that is in this world today. In Romans 5.11, it says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. See, we've, if you've received Jesus into your heart, you've been reconciled with him. Why would we ever want to go back from the very things that he saved us from? The things that held us into that bondage. Verses 3 through 11. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. Before I continue, I know there's a baptism coming up in March. Now remember what baptism represents. Okay, it's an outward act of a spiritual fact. Baptism is when you're above The water, okay, and you're confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's an outward act that when you go under the water, you're dying to yourself. It's a form of death that you're saying, you know, I no longer want to be the person I used to be. I've renounced my old ways. And depending on how bad a sinner you are is when the pastor allows you to come up. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But when you come up out of the water, you're now being born again into a new life. The old man is dead. The new is alive. And you've been raised with Christ. You're united with Christ, as we're going to see. As we continue... Those verses. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. You know, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? The person that you're united with is the one you're going to be with. In other words, in this case, Jesus Christ. You're dying to yourself, Okay, Jesus died on the cross. You and I were crucified with him on the cross, the scripture says. And it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ who now lives in you. There was a choice on your part and my part to be united with the Savior of the world. And just as Jesus died on the cross, so your old man died on the cross with him. And he became your substitute so that you wouldn't have to pay for your sins throughout all eternity. That's his love, right? That's his sacrifice for you. And then as he rose from the dead, and he has a resurrected body, so you and I one day will have that resurrected body. That's our faith. That's our hope in the living, risen Savior. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. And how long have you wanted that body to be done away with? How many years have you and I struggled in sin where it was pleasurable for a season only afterwards to fill that guilt, that shame. Yet here we see that Christ does away with it, and we're no longer enslaved to that sin that held us down for so long. For he who has died has been free from sin. You know, you can go to a cemetery, you can put your ear down to the ground, And you don't hear anybody arguing anymore. You don't hear anybody fighting anymore. There's no arguments going on. Why? They're dead. It's over. It's a done deal. So it is with you and I. When we've killed our sin on the cross with Christ, when it's dead, we're free now to walk away. You see, before you receive the Lord, you're not free. You're enslaved to whatever sin is holding you. Or whatever sins are holding you. Notice here in the scripture, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Colossians talks about how when you and I died in Christ, when we allowed ourselves to be nailed to the cross, our sin nature to be nailed to the cross with him, that now our life is hidden with Christ in God. And it says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Think about that, everybody. When we see Jesus for the first time, we're going to be in glory with him. Whether it's when we're caught up in the air to be with him, or when we sleep, the world will say when we die, but when we sleep, will wake up in the presence of the Lord. We'll be right there with Him. That one verse that I uh, used before was Galatians 2.21. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Do we hold on to the very things that Jesus died for? If so, why? Why do we still do that? Why do we drag ourselves and our spirit through the mud when Jesus has set us free and cleansed us. One of the things I know just from experience is because I didn't really realize the seriousness of life and death. That in a a heartbeat, I could be gone. And I see friends, family members, who in a heartbeat were gone. And the seriousness of this journey of life became more and more real each and every time a tragic situation came into my life and finally the hardness of my heart was softened by the grace of god who said vinnie i have so much more for you why do you keep going back how many you know big thing this year is the bullying in schools you know and there's seminars on it and there is all these uh, conferences on it well i don't know how many of you maybe when you were in school you were bullied by at least one person And picture that person. Maybe you know who it is still by their first name or their full name. And how about that bully if, let's say, they came down with some uh, disability. And they couldn't lift their arms and they couldn't move their legs. And you came across them in the grocery store and, and they said some of the same things that they said to you when you were in junior high or high school. Would it still have the same effect on you, that they were going to beat you up or or chase you after school? Well, the answer should be no. Why? Because there's no power there anymore. There's nothing they can do anymore. They've been disabled. So it is with Satan and you and me. You see, he can try to use the world. He can use temptations of the flesh. But you're free now, if you're a believer in Jesus, to say, no, Jesus and I don't do that anymore. He's my Lord, I hang out with him now. It's not that person, it's not that thing, it's not that alcohol, it's not that drug, it's not that uh, sight. I'm free to walk away. Jesus and I don't do that anymore. And that's what he's purchased for you and me. He's united us with himself. We're one, we're one with him. He's given us His precious Holy Spirit to give us that power and strength to be able to walk away. Now, we do have the freedom to go back. Before, we didn't have the freedom. But the question remains, why would you go back if you know the very thing that you were drugged through before? In Romans, later on, we'll see it in a couple more chapters, it says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. How much does a Holy Spirit have you and me? How much of that Holy Spirit is dwelling in you? It's in proportion to those things that you're still being pulled by. Feed the Spirit and those things of the flesh won't be as strong anymore feed the things of the flesh, and the Spirit's whole won't seem as strong. It's a decision that we each have to make every day, right? It's a decision. Today I offer myself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. It's my reasonable service. It's the right thing to do based on everything I know about you, Jesus. Everything you've talked about in the Old and the New Testament. It makes sense that... I should just offer myself to you today as a living sacrifice. Set apart for you, Lord. What are we going to do today, Jesus? Where are we going today? What people are we going to meet today? Many of us, as we shared before from the book of Romans, are under the law still. Even though God has set you free from the law, we're still under the law, and the law appeals to our flesh. But God sent his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, and he condemns sin in the flesh. So we no longer have to depend on the flesh, we just depend on his Holy Spirit. We don't depend on the law, we're free of the law. The law is good. The law is just it's perfect but the law does not save it only condemns you it can't save you we need a savior and that's where Jesus Christ comes in he's the savior that fulfills every part of the law and now when we embrace Jesus we're united with him we're no longer under the law but we're under grace grace replaces the race of trying to be good, to trying to do this, do that, don't do this. It's His grace. Jesus says that anyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. If you have been born again, you're a son, you're a daughter of the king. You're no longer a slave of sin. You're his son and his daughter. Remember, if Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. An analogy that really helped me a long time ago was after I received the Lord and still struggling with some sins, I heard someone speak about um, standing in a, on a beach and attached to your leg was a chain and you couldn't move because the the ball, the weight was right over there. But the sand was covering your ankle so it looked like the chain was attached to it. And when you tried to walk away, you left the ball and chain behind. But it wasn't until someone told you that you're no longer connected to the ball and chain that you had the freedom to move. That ball and chain represents sin. And when you receive Jesus into your life, the chains were broken. You're no longer connected to what held you down from walking with the Lord, and you can walk in the freeness and the newness of the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 to 16 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. One day we're going to be with the Lord. One day. Today? Tomorrow? 15 years from now? What is holding us back from living that abundant life that God has called us to do? What's holding you back? Is it a sin? Is it something that you're still holding on to that for the past 5, 10, 15 years has kept you from walking with the Lord? If so, walk away from it. You can do that if you're a believer in Jesus. Jesus. If you're not a believer in Jesus, you don't have the freedom to walk away. You're enslaved to whatever that sin is. But Jesus wants to set you free by you embracing Him. Let's look at verses 12 through 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. In the next chapter of Romans, it talks about seeing another law in my members that wars against the law of my mind and bringing you and me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And Paul says, what a wretched man that I am. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And you can't stop there with that question because the very next verse gives you the answer. Thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's through Jesus that he delivers us from the very body of death that enslaves us to sin. So with our mind... We are serving the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Our mind has to be on Christ. Our mind has to be connected with Christ and the things that he tells us in his word. Remember, Jesus is the word of God. As we get to know his word, we're getting to know him better. And when we're united with Jesus Christ, him and I don't do those things anymore. Sounds simple. Sounds simple. And it is simply because Jesus paid the price. You don't have to. It's a free gift. And he's saying, just embrace me. Let me fill you to overflowing with my Holy Spirit. In Joshua chapter 23, it says, Now diligently guard your souls. Love God your God, because if you wander off and start taking up with these remaining nations still among you and intermarrying and have other dealings with them, know for certain that God, your God, will not get rid of these nations for you. There'll be nothing but trouble to you, horse whips on your backs and sand in your eyes, until you're the ones who will be driven out of this good land that God, your God, has given you. And basically what it's saying is, don't associate yourself with the things in the world that disunite you with Jesus, that separate that relationship with you and God. If God, if you and Jesus can't do it together, then don't do it. If you wouldn't want to take Jesus there, then don't go. It's that simple. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Maria was telling me the other day she was driving to work and there was a Christian radio show on and it talked about that 50% of men who say they are Christians are heavily into pornography. How can that be? Think about it. How can that be? Are they, their face? in the magazines or in the computer more than their faces in the book? Absolutely. It's a no-brainer. It's that simple. What is it that disunites you and me from Jesus Christ? What is it? It needs to be viciously killed. Jesus was killed on a cross for you and I. Our sins were nailed to him. Our old nature was nailed on the cross with Jesus Christ. Viciously killed. We need to be vicious with our sin. How do you do that? Well, you confess it as one. Number two, you find somebody if you're still struggling, have them as an accountability partner. That's two: Guys with guys and girls with girls. That's crucial to your spiritual health and survival. Don't wait on it either. Don't wait. Every day you wait, it's another chain attached. You're becoming enslaved again. Don't do that. Walk away while you can. It says in the Scriptures, do not love the world or the things in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. What's holding you back? What's holding me back? How simple a thing it is to just embrace what Jesus did for you and me. I want to read you one more thing before we close from uh, Titus. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, notice, you've got to deny it. If you're not a believer, you can't deny it until God's grace is shed on you and His mercy is shed on you. Then you can deny it and confess it and walk away from it. As a believer, you can deny ungodliness. No, Jesus and I don't do that anymore. Also, worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you ready for Jesus right now? Are you ready if he came right now for you? Are we all ready if he just took us up in the clouds? Would you be ready? What would you have to do to get ready for Jesus? They say every snap, seven people in the world go into eternity. Every snap. Are they ready? Are they united with Christ? Are they one with Him? Will they recognize Him? Do they know who He is? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this, these first 14 verses of Romans chapter 6. What shall we say is how this chapter opened up. Well, Lord, hopefully we say we love you. We thank you that you are our Lord and our Savior. Just keep pouring out your grace on me, Lord, that I walk further and further away from those sins that entangle me. But maybe you are here tonight.